0: Welcome to episode 214 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have reuse expert and leader of the reuse movement, Alex Eaves. We talked to Alex about his two documentaries. He has one called Reuse, Because We Can't Recycle the Earth, Screening That Now across the country, he just got back from California, screening it, and he's working on another with a friend of ours, he's been on this show, Deke of the Tiny House Movement, and uh, we talk about that documentary as well. We talk about what reuse means, and uh, how there is a national network focusing on reuse. We talk about making the public aware and kind of the challenges, I guess, of getting us to change our ways. We share a little bit of history regarding reuse. We get scientific, philosophical. You talk about economics and uh, wax poetic, perhaps, as well. Yeah, we have a great conversation with Alex Eves. We also have an essay by... Dr. Michael Pavese, a.k.a. Uncle Cesare, called Cemetery, that he has crafted and reads just for this episode. We have an EWSA by yours truly titled Sinus Infection, and a poem titled Maybe Not, as well as several great tunes to complement your experience. Episode 214 of Troubadours and Raconteurs.
1: How long will I have this sinus infection? As my doctor is away contemplating medical perfection, and I sit here reading the newspaper and hearing my peers in society wonder about the fears and sobriety coming out of Washington, D.C., and beyond to state houses and senates and congresses and municipal government meetings, and you wonder, as Americans, do we truly, as citizens of the United States, do we truly understand how blessed, if you want to use that religious-infused word, we are to have such a history that has worked hard to develop utilitarianism and egalitarianism but you know i'm talking with big words now that many people sorry to say are too lazy to learn they're more into learning you know sophomoric ways at seventh and eighth grade and holding on tight to them right through their seventies and eighties if they're fortunate enough to live that long and that's partly the problem. I sound judgmental, I know, but, you know, I'm guilty of the same things I accuse my peers, my fellow citizens of. I think I'm just a bit more aware of it. That's what led us to where we are today. Praising someone, even considering someone as a Donald Trump presidential material, is the root it's a manifestation, I should say, of our root problem. We're lazy intellectually. We're not curious enough or aware enough of all the possibilities and the struggles. We are a beacon, and we have been for a long time. We're not perfect. We've made tons of mistakes, and we continually will because we're human. But, nonetheless, we are a beacon of freedom and a pursuit of justice for all people. And even beyond that, other species in the planet itself, let's not forget it. People are concerned. Let's stand up and let's not let our pride stand in the way of saying, Hey, you know what? This went too far. We've made a mistake. And peacefully and intelligently and thoughtfully, without being driven by our id and our ego, let's make certain we are going to live by what the United States stands for, and what humanity, beyond just the government, what humanity should stand for, peace, justice, love, imagination, acceptance, and holding yourself to a level of responsibility that is respectable, courageous. Me too. Let's get to it. The sinus infection to go away.
2: You share my bed, you share my name. Well, go ahead, call her cops. You don't know, meet nice girls in coffee shops. She said, Baby, I still love you. Sometimes there's nothing left. got to hold on hold on baby we gotta hold on and take a mind standing right here gotta hold on down by the Riverside Motel it's thin below and falling by a 99 cent store Closed her eyes And started swaying But it's so hard To dance that way When it's cold And there's no music Oh, your old hometown So far away But inside your head There's a record that's playing A song called You gotta hold on, take a mind, stand around right there, gotta hold on. You gotta hold on, hold on. Baby, gotta hold on, take a mind, standing right around there, gotta hold on. You gotta hold on,
3: hold on. Baby, gotta hold on and take a mind. Standing right here,
2: you gotta hold on You gotta hold on, hold on Baby, gotta hold on and take my hand Standing right here, you gotta hold on You gotta hold on, you gotta hold on
0: Eve's, is that you? That' me. All now right, we
4: could finally connect.
0: And me too. E W Conundrum here for Troubadours and Rock on Tours. How you doing, man?
4: I am doing all right. Um, I'm quote unquote stuck in California because of the all the snow back east. So you know, I mean, it's never really bad to be stuck in California.
0: <laughs> That's what I was just <laughs> thinking. I'm stuck in the Northeast with all this snow. But it's nice to have yeah. you find the time. Thank you.
4: Yeah, Yeah. no problem.
0: And uh, just for the folks listening, we're talking to a leader in the reuse movement here in the United States, and I guess, I don't know, maybe even beyond, we'll find out. Uh, I, I guess let's start right from the definition, Alex. Uh, what, what do you mean, how, or what does it mean to reuse?
4: Um, well... You know a lot of people um, confuse reusing and recycling. and you know for years we've been we've been hearing about recycling and how important it is. But reuse is you know it's something that was around before recycling and even more effective than recycling. and the best you know way to way to define it is you know recycling is using natural resources to break something down and turn it into something new whereas reusing is just using something again. So, you know, and the the best example is, you know, a water bottle or a coffee cup. You know, if you're going to recycle one of those things, you have to chuck it away, break it down, melt it up, you know, turn it into something new. Whereas if you have a reusable mug or bottle, you just rinse it out and repeat.
0: <laughs> right, and it that's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Yep. And when you talk about recycling, a lot of people have issues with recycling because you have to burn fossil fuel in most cases to actually recycle the goods, which has a negative effect on the natural environment, whereas with reuse, that doesn't occur, right? Uh,
4: No, I mean, you know, if you're just, you know, reusing a bottle, you know, you're going to use maybe a little water and soap or something to rinse it out, but, um, you know, just as an example one of the people that I featured in my film did a study on glass bottle reusing versus recycling. And, um, it takes 90% more energy to recycle a glass bottle than it does to simply reuse it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why you're in California, I guess, right? Kind of something to do with the documentary.
4: Yeah. Um, so I came out here to do a, um, 12, now 14 day, (laughs) uh, Film and and uh, screening tour, screening and promotions tour for my first documentary, which is called "Reuse" because you can't recycle the planet. And uh, yeah, it's been been going pretty well.
0: So you you're still grabbing uh, raw footage, basically. you haven't you haven't put the documentary together yet for for screening. Is that right?
4: Oh no no. Um, so, my first film is done, and I came out here to do screenings at uh, colleges and different events and do talks along with it, but I am in the process of making my second film, which is how we were connected. I believe we connected through Derek Diedrichson.
0: Right, uh, Deke, that's right. Builder. Right, right, exactly.
4: Yep. Yeah, and he and I are teaming up on my second film, which is uh, the Working title is Box Truck Film, and we're converting a box truck into a mobile reuse education center. Basically, a tiny house on wheels made entirely of reclaimed material.
0: So melding the two worlds of uh, tiny houses and reusing.
4: Exactly, yep.
0: And what's the response been to the first documentary?
4: Uh, It's been great. You know, and uh, the awesome thing that um, I was hoping for is kind of working. It, it has a long shelf life. You know, it came out in August of 2015 and I started doing premieres and I did a mini tour around the country last um, last November and December. Um, but it's really starting to pick up and, and now that I've teamed up with Deke, uh, it's bringing a whole new audience in and I tried to do as good a job as I could as to not date my film you know so it so it would have that long shelf life and It seems to be working
0: do you um, do you find it it's difficult in some places to uh, as compared to others to to uh, convince people or even get them interested in a topic that obviously you believe is very important such as reuse
4: yeah yeah and and it's in its mix you know because out in places like the Bay area where I've done screenings, a lot of people are kind of on board. So they're, they're already there. So they don't need too much, too much convincing. Um, or, or they think they, you know, might be already there and don't know all the different, um, different ways to reuse. But, um, yeah, it's definitely certain. You know, as I'm actually, talking about this, I'm looking at a ninety nine cent store. So maybe hmm. maybe in areas where people thrive on the cheap, you know, goods, they're they're just not as apt to reusing and bring it into the life and not necessarily considering the planet, you know, they just want to, to get by cheaply. But what I'm trying to tell them is that, you know, reuse is such a perfect way to do that.
0: Well, yeah, I read a little bit about your background. Very impressive, uh, by the way. And one of the things I noticed was you have a, a brand, basically, Stay Vocal, right? Yep. And And uh, one of the things, yep. it's a green business, uh, I yep. guess you can call it. And, and one of the observations you, you, uh, you share is that you could actually save money by reusing in your business and then oftentimes people believe green products will be more expensive because of you know the fact that they're not maybe running on the cheap, which is always, it seems, more dirty and, and, and such. Uh, but that's not the case, you're saying. If you actually reuse in the process, you can save money uh, on your production costs and then pass it on to the customer. Is that true?
4: Yeah, yeah. And And the thing that I always tell people is the greenest products are the products that are already here. You know, if you're going to go make, a brand new green product that's not nearly as eco-friendly as just reusing something that's already here. And a great example for business that that I can give from my experience is about, hmm, what year is it? Oh, geez, 2017. So maybe 12 years or so ago, I was buying all brand new shipping boxes for my brand. And at that point, it was a new apparel brand and I also made some sold skateboards and I dabbled in the reuse here and there but I was paying upwards of three dollars and fifty cents per cardboard box that were just being used to ship. And that was like a huge cost, you know, if you're sending out, you know, dozens or hundreds of orders that adds up super quick. And at some point I ran out of boxes and I think I was, you know, searching around the house for some kind of box to to ship a shirt in and I came across the recycling bin and there were a bunch of cereal boxes and I said oh cereal box that's like the perfect size for a t-shirt hmm. and I started using that and then customers really grabbed on to that and um, pe- people started talking about it and you know writing good feedback online and then I got so far as like Sometimes I'll redecorate them and create create art on it. So, so it's not only like saving myself and the brand, you know, a lot of money because I'm getting free boxes with every box of cereal that I get and my family contributes, but also, you know, it's a way for a customer to have a unique experience and get, you know, like this totally wacky custom box in the mail.
0: Yeah, I, that sounds neat. That sounds fun. It'd be it'd be cool to get something like something like that in the mail. Now, is this a you stay uh, vocal and your documentary? Uh, in, you know, again, you're a leader in the re- reuse movement. How how many people work with you? Is it a one man operation? Do you have several folks? Is it a network across the country?
4: Uh, yeah, I I would kind of say it's a network across the country um, because you know I have various people. I don't have, you know, let's say three full time people, but I have so many people that do awesome different things. For example, my mother is uh, her her title is Mail Order Mom and uh, she will help out with mail order but she also sews all of the patches that are on Stay Vocal T shirts. And I also have um, Jason Kimball who is my go to videographer for various projects and then my screen printing company is Goodwin Graphics. I do some of the printing myself for the more weird, one-of-a-kind stuff, but uh, Goodwin Graphics in Cohasset, Massachusetts is is my go-to and I've actually been working with them since 1998 on various projects. And uh, then we have Deke, of course, who is, you know, ev- everything from a builder to consultant to now, you know, um, we do speaking engagements together. We're making the film together. And then anytime, I'm a huge fan of communicating and connecting. So anytime that I can connect part of my vast reuse network, it's it's an awesome experience. you know. Um, like out here in Los Angeles, I did a screening at this organization called Ecoset, which they work with huge advertising companies to reuse the props that would normally be discarded in TV commercials. Mm -hmm. So everything from wooden walls to fake food or real food or, you know, any, any kind of items, they, they help keep that out of the waste, waste stream. And I had met them last time I was here. And so we decided to do a screening this time and we invited, you know, local reuse organizations and, you know, for example, the, this one woman, Monica, came and she runs a theater group in town and they, you know, reuse the props and costumes and various things with other theaters. So I was able to connect, you know, those two organizations and then various other people came. And it's it's a really rewarding thing to be able to see those connections happen. And, you know, the the one thing that I always talk about is, you know, we have to work together because... If we really are doing this for the greater good and for the greater good of our planet, you know the more we work together, the more positive change we can create.
0: I like that I like that it's very that's very much uh, where where I'm at as well a lot of my listeners and i'm I'm wondering <clears throat> excuse me I have a little bit of a cold the uh, the I guess folk the types of in terms of age people that that are more apt. To, to connect with what you're, you're putting out there. Is it? Do you find there are different types of uh, different generations? I mean, I'm thinking you have some older folks who would look at this as being frugal and would say, yeah, yeah, I like this. We've been doing this for, for my whole life. And then you maybe have some younger folks who are more, uh, I guess, inclined to can be concerned about the natural environment who also would say, yeah, this is cool.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's really interesting because, you know, we do have the, the older folks like my parents' generations and the generations before them who grew up reusing, and reusing was second nature, and that, that's a huge thing. It's like I'm not out here trying to say that I have this brand new invention and this, it's this great idea. It's like reusing was around for hundreds of years. It's just that the 1960s came along with single-use plastics and then recycling, and it just kind of – you know, made people forget about the effectiveness of reuse. So we have them. And then we also have, you know, like you said, the younger kids like the college or high school kids who are really hungry to create change in our country, and our world, and they want to make, make an impact. And, you know, they (laughs) fortunately have not been so jaded by the, uh, by the corporate world yet or, you know, full-time job. And they still, still see so much potential and, um, it's it's really great working with really younger kids. You know, I've done screenings as low well as third graders, um, and it's, it's really cool to see them taking part.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when you do start with uh, people when they're that young, it definitely becomes part of their worldview, and it, it's much easier uh, and it's better for society for us to start thinking in the ways you're talking. But when, you know, you're talking to some folks who did come up maybe, uh, thinking everything is disposable, and you can just go buy a new one. It's tougher to get them to change their ways, and and that must be a challenge. You know, it, there there's a question I have written down here. My associate producer, Dr. Pavis, gave it to me, and it says, "How do you attempt to make the public aware of quote complicated and imminent issues?"
4: Interesting, very very detailed question there. Uh, in, in what what respect? I guess. I guess just like, the, well,
0: the complicated and imminent issues, imminent being, I suppose, um, if we don't change our ways, you know, if yeah. you go to anything like limits to growth uh, models, or you know, the fact that we have climate change, and I, I'm a firm believer that it does exist, and we are, you know, the main contributors. Uh, I don't I'm feel glad. crazy saying that either, um, but no. uh, <laughs> that that is imminent. I think, and but it's complicated right. because there's a lot of economics, uh, uh, si- science, hard science, um, and also just so- sociological tendencies that you have to take into consideration.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm what I'm trying to do is like, and, and, and when I set out to make the first film, for example, like I looked at all the environmental documentaries out there, and there's way more than enough documentaries out there that are doom and gloom that are these are the problems of our planet we need to do something we need to do something so my goal was to you know acknowledge it and at the beginning of the film i quickly acknowledged the problem the some basic facts about waste in our in the united states versus the rest of the world and then just jump into the solutions because that's what we don't hear about enough are the easy solutions that anyone can take and you know that's why i set out you know, and I filmed in all 48 contiguous states because there's something that everyone can do. So if you're, you know, really concerned about the environment but don't have any money, there's, there's solutions that you can take. Or if you're somebody that, you know, you have a ton of money and you could care less about the planet, there's, you know, reusing for you too. You know, you can be the only person to have this one-of-a-kind restyled piece of furniture, for example. You know, and I'm I'm just trying to go where the people are and, you know, just trying to make it relevant to their lifestyles. And, you know, the, the problem is, is that, that waste is everywhere. Everywhere from, you know, T-shirts, which is something I know a lot about, to the skateboarding industry, to sports, to music, which are also industries that I've been involved in for years. And it's, it's just about making people aware but providing solutions that people can, can take
0: yes yeah and and I like you said, a lot of it is pretty easy and and uh uh you could you could do it without much money, it's just a matter of changing your ways a bit I, that I guess could yeah. be hard for some folks um but you, you mentioned you go you went to all forty eight uh, contiguous states. this is for the first documentary um,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: reuse because you can't recycle the planet now, what did you can you give us a little insight going from state to state any any anything uh, compelling or sort of a comparisons, contract? some some contrast you can share uh, in the context of how you know what you found, what you saw.
4: Well, I think the 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 big thing is is that reuse is everywhere, and and sure, my eye see reuse easier than than the other folks. Like the other night, I was walking down the street with a friend after dinner, and I was like. Oh, check out that bike rack. It's made from, you know, old bike parts and, you know, most people would just kind of walk by and not realize what it was what it was made of. Um, but you know, we ran into so many so many little glitches along the way, but we were always able to find something cuz the the goal was to feature one one reuse uh in each state. And so for example, in Kentucky, we had something lined up and then the morning we were going to go film, the guy called so he was sick, he had to cancel and so we're like, oh jeez, what do we do? But within a very short period of time, uh, you know, sitting at a coffee shop scouring, we found something, you know, that was literally three doors down from the coffee shop. You know, and it was just this amazing reuse of a one of the earliest movie theaters in the, in the country. And it's, that's the thing that I'm trying to do too is making people aware that they're reusing like for example that theater they didn't see it necessarily as like an environmental thing they just saw it as like rescuing this old beautiful building and keeping it going but the more i talked to them and i'm like yeah it's such a great you know savings on resources and time and money and you know then she just started to really see like oh okay like we're making a huge environmental impact we didn't like tear this building down and build something new, causing all kinds of, you know, pollution and waste, and so it's, it's it was pretty, pretty cool to be able to do that, um, but, but yeah, that was, that was one, one big recurring, recurring theme, you know, <laughs> and I, I wouldn't say that, like, one, one area is more than the other, you know, I mean, I guess in places like Austin, Texas, or. Bay Area of California. There's just a lot more people that are like-minded and doing different things. But it's it's really just everywhere, you know, from repair shops to the video rental stores, which still exist, thrift stores. You know, it's, it's really everywhere.
0: And I guess maybe maybe part of your your uh, thinking is just to get everybody to connect that that are doing these things anyhow. Maybe uh, pooling resources and information and and and, and sharing. Uh, all these fertility. yeah
4: yeah and and fortunately i I got to meet um Madeline Chiochi in uh Minnesota, Minneapolis there, Minnesota, Great. and reuse Minnesota is doing an amazing job at just that. They are like at the forefront of what I hope every state in the country and every country does in the future, and they just have this giant list of all the certified Reuse Minnesota organization so everybody from thrift stores to antique stores to repair shops to um, you know vintage clothing stores what what have you they're all connected so and they they can just go online and you know if they want to team up with another organization or you know it's it's really great to see it in action
0: yeah it's like a huge co-op or uh you know a a county-wide library system you share you share things that maybe one place doesn't have, but the uh, but you can oh well maybe these guys have it and 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 uh,
4: exactly yeah.
0: yeah I love it it's great yeah. you know I mean obviously to me it sounds like you're an artist a community activist a philosopher uh, a lot of great things going on Alex Eves I appreciate what you're doing
4: coffee drinker big Co- time
0: <laughs> well that helps with all every, with everything else right yeah
4: and yeah.
0: you're based in uh, the Boston area is that right.
4: For a moment. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. This is not actually the first time that California has held me back from leaving when I was when I was filming the first movie. My first videographer got sick and couldn't do the whole thing. And I was, quote unquote, stuck again in California for a whole month. So I, I feel very at home here. Um, so and that's why I've lived in four different parts of the state throughout my life. But. For the moment, I'm in Massachusetts. Yes,
0: <laughs> but not not too sad to be stuck in California because of the snow up in Massachusetts.
4: Not at all. I just I just hope our truck is uh, is all safe and sound. Hopefully, Deke is shoveling it off as we speak.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he is. Uh, that's yeah. it. It's uh, it's it's also uh, important to me that I, I uh, give you the opportunity to share with folks listening a way to to uh, access the documentary both of them and and uh, any sort of uh, website or social social media you want people to be able to access so if you if you want go ahead
4: sure um, my um, my personal website you know which will connect you to everything it's the the reuse world is just alexeve.com and then the the first film is reusedocumentary.com i also own reusefilm.com and reusemovie.com in case you forget <laughs> but uh you can you can watch the trailer and download the film and see where i'm doing some upcoming upcoming screenings and talks and things and then the new film it's very easy to remember it's just boxtruckfilm.com and uh we're actually still uh crowdfunding for that uh basically Deke jason and i set out a crowdfunding goal to to reach by august and we didn't hit that, but we just looked at each other and said, you know, we're doing this no matter what because it's just such an awesome project. And fortunately, money, money has trickled in over time, so we're we're getting there, and uh, yeah, it'll it'll happen. So. And. Uh, that's those are the those are the main. Th- well, I guess excuse me, stayvocal.com. I wouldn't be doing myself justice. That's the reuse apparel brand.
0: Stayvocal.com. com and um what what about uh, any we have just a couple of more minutes i I'd like to give uh guests an opportunity to uh, just op- openly reflect on on something you know maybe politics or a social trend you're seeing uh, any anything right now that's exciting you uh, troubling you both
4: well you know I mean the current the current uh, state of politics is that we have somebody in charge who has been known to say that climate change is a hoax and there are people involved in his, you know, uh, team that are really not into, you know, the environment, just just doing anything anything they can for a buck. And, you know, when that when that power came into be, I got really, really upset for a little while but then I just realized like if I don't continue doing what I'm doing, then, you know, and even furthering my message, then, you know, nobody's going to be pushing it, you know, and I, you know, those of us down below need to push it even harder. Now, you know, we can't, we can't sit idly by and just, you know, kind of see what happens, you know, so, so my form of kind of protesting is just pushing the hell out of my first, first and second films, and just pushing, you know, pushing the reuse movement. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. It, it, um, I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, I, I've been saying this to people lately. I'm just trying to vomit as much positivity out there as possible, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> there's unfortunately a lot of negativity out there.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. Reuse expert and leader of the reuse movement, Alex Eaves talking to us while he is, quote, stuck in California. Thank you so much for taking the time out, and I hope you get uh, back when you're ready to get back, and I wish you the best with the films. Tell Deke we said hello, and hopefully we can have you back on Troubadours and Rock on Tours again.
4: Yeah, maybe we can do something live from the box truck when we head down that way.
0: That would be excellent. Yes, that's a great idea. Let's work on that.
4: (laughs) Cool, cool. Take care. All right, thanks so much. (music) you <music>
5: Cemetery Cathedral Cemetery, the final resting place for Catholics in our town, covers a green expanse on a hill in the west side. I was a regular visitor, since my father died young, and my mother believed in marking important dates by driving her impala across town to the grave. We'd go on Memorial Day, of course, or, as my mother continued to call it, Decoration Day. We'd make sure that my father had the tiny flag for serving in World War II. A small, always overgrown marker at the foot of the grave gave his rank, sergeant specialist first class, and years of service. There were so many veterans, the cemetery looked like a small-scale Flanders field. On Easter, my mother splurged for a fancy flower arrangement, combating if his neighbor's relations dropped off too skimpy, or too ostentatious a display. A few of Dad's neighbors, an Irish girl who died in infancy, a fellow Italian and veteran, a long-dead pole, never got flowers, and my mother sadly noted that as well. We visited on the August anniversary of his death. On his headstone, across from his name and dates, was an empty box for my mother's stats. It was suggested that she fill in the box with her birth year and a dash awaiting the time of her demise. She promptly nixed that idea, not wanting any busybody who strolled past the grave to know her age. We'd stop by the small, inexpensive headstones of my grandparents, my mother's long-suffering mother and her feckless boozer father. Her father died in the 1940s, and except for one or two faded black-and-whites of an old man haloed with white hair and an old woman with round glasses and a wry expression, our coal-town's American Gothic. Those stones and my mother's stories were all I knew of them. We also hunted for Aunt Deal's grave. She was my mother's aunt and a favorite of hers in memory and reminiscence. My mother would make weekly visits to her aunt's house in the hill section, enjoying her homemade desserts, her humor, and her outspoken attitude. I picture Marjorie Maine in her role as housekeeper in Meet Me in St. Louis. From the way my mother talked about her decades later, you could tell she was a bright spot in a grim depression girlhood, and she repaid those long-ago sepia-toned visits when she went to the cemetery. Back in the 1950s, before I was born and when my father was still alive, family trips to the cemetery were outings, the next best thing to a vacation. My brothers and sister would run around the headstones, frolicking among the dead. During the feast of St. Anne, the mother of the Virgin Mary and my mother's favorite saint, the family, all dressed to the nines headed to the Novena at a church not far from the cemetery. In the blistering heat of July, the congregation would pray to the mother of the Mother of God and then have a picnic. Corn on the cob, popcorn, and pizza. When my Aunt Jule belted out a glass-shattering rendition of Oh Good Saint Anne, my mother would cringe, nudge my sister, and both would unsuccessfully suppress laughter. Sweating through their Sunday clothes, tired and sated, the families would head back to their tiny houses to catch the Ed Sullivan show. Years pass, and members of the family join their relatives at the cemetery. And Jewel died, and right before she was to be buried, My Uncle Phil discovered that money was owed on his family's plot, and she couldn't be interred if the bill wasn't paid. Given his penchant for not paying bills, it wasn't that surprising that his grave was in arrears. But of course it was distressing for the family, and for Uncle Phil. Aunt Jule idled in her coffin, no doubt lodging one last complaint against her unreliable husband. My brother stepped up to pay the bill for his uncle's family's plot. A year later, Uncle Phil died, bill free at last. Neither Jewel nor Phil ever received a headstone, so infrequent visits to their graves were tinged with additional melancholy. Sad characters in life, sadder still in death. My Aunt Teresa resides in a different cemetery, in a little burrow next to our town, entombed with her husband and the sisters-in-law who crowded her in life, and now made to share her husband, their doted-upon baby brother, for eternity. For many years my mother has been gone, and I stopped by her grave three or four times a year, leaving log planters, mums, tiny ferns, and on one particularly whimsical Christmas visit, a googly-eyed Santa peering through his poinsettia arrangement. My mother wouldn't want me to spend too much on the memorials. You have to maintain the graves yourself now. So at my next visit, I pick up the dead flowers and toss them into the dumpster near the front gate, overflowing with wilted and rotting tributes to mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, cousins, friends and distant, long-dead relatives. My mother's dates are filled in now, and any nosy person passing by will know how old she is, or was. She probably still doesn't approve.
6: After the after party, we're gonna It's almost 4am But baby I'm still feeling Just fine I all up In a plastic cup And I'ma keep On sipping All night Yeah I'm not to kiss A thousand lips But maybe That's just all In my mind Some people Never understand The way we live But we're living life Uh-huh Uh-huh Monday to Sunday It's never too late So everyone say We don't wanna stop Cause after party, we're gonna keep it going we're gonna rip it up the neighbors might complain cause after the after party, we're
3: But I'm not done with you. But my folks out of town, we got a crib with the view. Y'all come over, bring a couple friends, I keep mine with me. Shouts out to Whitney, she was so wicked. The party was so crazy, oh. The party was so crazy, oh. Tomorrow I'll be lazy, but I'll spend it with you, baby, oh. Monday to Sunday, doing it all. Every real replay, just to it. Day. We're running, we're running low, yeah. Drop, 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 and
6: we do. Cause after the after party We're gonna keep it going We're gonna rip it up The so neighbors might complain Cause after the after party
0: sassafras under the ice caps in the Arctic, where a huge iceberg is coming, and the sweet winds of winter breeze through the blizzard trees portends that everything seemingly is okay, and Yet another day, we hear science saying, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not.
7: I feel a sudden urge to sing the kind of ditty that invokes the spring. So control your desire to curse. While I crucify the verse This verse I've started seems to me The tin pantithesis of melody So to spare you all the pain I'll skip the darn thing And sing the refrain The night is young skies are clear And if you want to go walking, dear It's delightful, it's delicious It's de-lovely I understand the reason why You're sentimental, cause so am I It's delightful, it's delicious It's de-lovely You can tell at a glance what a swell night this is For romance you can hear Dear Mother Nature Whispering low Let yourself go So please be sweet My chickadee And when I kiss you Just say to me It's delightful It's delicious It's delectable It's delirious It's dilemma It's delimit It's loop, It's deluxe It's you can tell at a glance what a swell night this is for romance you can hear dear mother nature murmur and low just let yourself go, so please be sweet, my chickadee. And when I kiss you, just say to me, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's delectable, it's delirious, it's dilemma, it's dilemma, it's deluxe and delight.
0: And there you have it, episode 214 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure, Sinus Fiction, week two. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, reuse expert, documentarian, community activist, artist, and all-around great guy, Alex Eaves. Thank you so much for talking with us. ...on this week's episode. Look forward to talking with you again, sir. And don't forget, let us know when you're in Northeastern Pennsylvania... ...with Deke, so we could talk more about reuse and tiny houses. i also like to thank Dr. Michael Pavese, a.k.a. Uncle Cesare... ...for another brilliantly crafted and read essay. i also like to thank these musical artists... ...Talking Heads... Charlie XCX, Tom Waits, Jake Shimabukuro, Martha Tilton, as well as Brantford Marsalis and Terrence Blanchard, too. Have a wonderful week. Take care, keep the faith, smile, and all that jazz. Javadiya, muamichi!